Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2096. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Los Angeles, California, with a very special guest by the name of Hans Bath. Hans, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Hi, Mark. Uh, left foot is uh, on the floor, but uh, as soon as you want, I will lift it or maybe push it to the left. <laughs> All right, absolutely. We're going to have some fun today talking about a very, very cool ride that uh, Hans is over here from Sweden presenting to the uh, U.S. audience today. But before we get there, what's one little thing about you, Hans, that maybe most people may not know about? Might be a lot. First thing that came to mind when, when you asked this question is that most people, I don't think, know that I was or is a huge rotary engine enthusiast. I disassembled the first RX312A engine back home in, in my dad's um, garage in many, many years ago. Whoa. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, that that uh, rotary engine, Winkle engine, when that thing came out, it was like, what are they thinking? But my mom had the first generation of those cars. Pretty cool cars. I mean, pretty incredible engineering. I I'm kind of sad, or I was sad when it kind of went away. Yeah. And if you look at the time in like 70, early 70s, if you study that period, all the big manufacturers had a license for a rotor engine. Even GM and Ford did. And I, I actually bought some books at that point of time from, from American car journalists. Uh, and they were so adamant that the rotor engine would be, would take over the world. So the big problem for the manufacturers would be what to do with the reciprocating engine factories. Uh, you know, GM went to the Geneva show with the Corvette, with a, uh, with a huge rotor engine, but no, didn't happen, as you say. But cool engines. Yeah, very, very cool. Well, I love it. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to talk about a car that you've got over here in the U.S. right now. It's going to make a debut this summer, but it's making a debut today as well. So here we go. Hans Bath is the general manager of Cyan Racing. Cyan is formerly known as Polestar, who started life as a Swedish racing team. Their brand success led to its acquisition by Volvo in 2015. In the hands of Volvo, their racing engineers were liberated to do what they know best. And today, Cyan is once again a fully independent organization continuing to dominate the world touring car scene on racetracks around the world. Their development of the Volvo P1800 Cyan Resto Mod has incorporated the same talents needed to design, build, and develop their world title winning race and road cars. Each Volvo P1800 Cyan is built to the client's exact specifications. The car design allows to be tailored into anything from lightweight, high-performance cafe racer to a grand tourer. You can see their Volvo P1800 Cyan at the Quail, a motorsports gathering taking place Friday, August 19th during Pebble Beach Car Week. Cannot wait to see this thing. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. And we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, Form Fit, 
custom view shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. After listening to Cars Yeah, a buddy of mine ordered his custom Zengen oil analysis kit, and boy, is he glad he did. He thought his 10-year-old car was doing just fine. However, when he got his online Zengen score, the inner workings of his car engine told a very different story. His score was a 5 out of 10, and he learned a major repair was imminent. He shared his report with his mechanic and learned, well, he was facing a $7,000 rebuild. Maybe it's time to sell. Wouldn't you like to know what's lurking under your hood? At only $39.95 and free shipping both ways, your Zengen oil analysis kit is less than an oil change. It takes less than five minutes to collect your vehicle's sample and mail it back to their world-class labs. In only five days, Zengen sends you a link via email to your very own Zengen score. Your custom report measures 30 different data points, including contamination, lubricants, metals, additives, and a whole lot more. My buddy was so glad to learn his score and chose the option before a costly rebuild was needed. Go to ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYAH20 and get 20% off your first two kits. Boom! What a deal. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you thousands and you'll rest better at night knowing that your engine's condition is A-OK or maybe need some help. And remember, Zengen also makes a spectacular Father's Day gift for dad and Father's Day is coming up soon. That's ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYAH20 for 20% off today. Zengen, you'll rest better at night. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So Hans, we are back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. You're from the racing world. You know what that's all about. I would love for you to give me first a little bit history about you, your involvement with Cyan Racing, and then we're going to dive into this P1800 because what you guys have done with this classic design is 
Oh, so cool. So let's take a little road back or a ride back into your history, and then you're bringing forward to what you're doing today. All right. Yeah, you, you, I think you introduced us very well. The company started in 1996 to race with the Volvo 850 in the Swedish Touring Car Championship. Uh, it was a huge success in the, in the British Touring Car Championship, BTCC. People might remember the 855 wagon. That was a bit spectacular race car. Uh, but the 850 went into be, becoming a very successful car. And the, its follower, the S40, won the BTCC. And also some great races like the Bathurst 1000 in Australia. So that's how the company started as a pure racing team, racing with cars built by other companies. So the, the first Volvo was... The first cars were built by Tom Walker Racing in, in the UK. Uh, and then the, the, the company emerged into building our own race cars. So somewhere, perhaps 10 years later, 10 years later, we built our first uh, race car from scratch, the C, Volvo C30. That was a car that we uh, took our first step into the world touring car scene as well. With, uh, and it was also the inspiration for our first road-going car, which was a concept car based on the C30. A car that we brought here, I think it's more or less exactly 11 years when we talk. We brought it over here to the U.S. and it, it became kind of famous. It was really important for us, uh, for the brand. It was Cyan Blue, or at the time we, it was obviously Polestar Blue. Or as Jay Lemlo put it, uh, it was Swedish racing green. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that car uh, gave us the opportunity to, to come out sort of on the consumer scene and um, to finance a motorsport. We, we started to develop a performance program for Volvo cars that is still uh, existing today, but in the hands of Volvo. Focus the vision for, for uh, Christian Dahl, uh, the owner of the company, has always been to become world champion. And I think that was the star for us all. That was what we were, were aiming for, even though maybe we didn't believe that it would happen. So one of my first questions for you, Hans, today was going to be, why the P1800? But it's a silly question in my mind, because when Volvo came out with that vehicle, I think it raised a lot of eyebrows in its design and its coolness, because Volvo was thought of as a very square, boxy, I won't say boring, but kind of plain car, safe car for families. And then the P1800 came out. And I love the fact that you guys are bringing this back to life. And we're seeing this with a lot of manufacturers and kind of uh, reimagined vehicles and things like that. So let's start with your decision, though, on the P1800. And then I really want you to take a deep dive into the vehicle highlights, because what you've done with this thing, uh, it makes me want to go get one. It's just so cool. So let's start with the heritage of the P1800. And then we can talk about the the vehicle highlights and uh, specifications, because you guys have turned this into something very special. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, the decision to build something came out of, of what I was talking about, our first world title. We felt that we had spent more than 20 years raising Volvos. There had been a lot of people b before us doing that, even the P1800. The P1800 has been at the Daytona, for instance, in the 60s. But So we wanted to create a road car and that could sort of celebrate that world title, that, that first manufactured title. Uh, and we were looking back at Volvo, and even though, if you ask a design car designer, he, he would say that the 140, the first really boxy to uh, Volvo, 
that that is a very clean design. So that's your pick. But we felt that <laughs> you mentioned Volvo was almost boring, and, and Volvo has done a few things to achieve that that kind of brand image. But um, if you look at the P1800, it's absolutely the most iconic Volvo of them all. It was was designed. It's a Swedish Italian design. Uh, the car came out in '61, the same year as the as the E-Type. I think one year before the Shelby Cobra and two years before the 911. So it came out in a in a fantastic time in the '60s, in the golden '60s. And unfortunately, or how you want to put it, it, it really never got any continuation. It it was there uh, up until 1973, uh, and it also had the wagon version, the ES, uh, the two last years. But after that, nothing came out really. So we felt that. Okay, uh, all these all these cars, the E-Type and the Shelby, and obviously the 911, they have had so much sort of people taking care of them and making continuations and all kinds of versions of them. And we felt that, why do not we do that with the P800? So that's the start. That's the decision. We wanted to celebrate the, the world title and we wanted to make a mark. And I would be lying if I said that Porsche Singer Singer vehicles have not has not been our inspiration because I think they've they've opened up a totally new market. It's it's there are so many cars coming now, and uh, but Restomods have been there for forever. I think since the first car, but but Singer made this into something new, and very inspiring. So thanks to to them. But obviously the P eighteen hundred Cyan is is not to compare with the, the with the Porsche Singer. I think this. People tend to call this this rest mods, but uh, I think if we go a few few more years into the future, there will be more distinct uh, names for different categories with, within this. Because the P1800 is a very antique car. It's, it's designed in the 50s based on the Volvo Amazon, the 122. Uh, and if you want to build a performance vehicle out of that, there is not much you actually can you can use. <laughs> exactly. Let's start with the heart of the the beast here, because what you've done is you guys have a racing heritage. And I love the fact that you started there with a, a race proven, I believe it's a 420 horsepower, two liter, four cylinder turbocharged engine. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And, and that engine, we went through all the engines in the in sort of within Volvo that we could think of using there is the, the old red block there is obviously the B18 that was standard in the P1800 you have the the five cylinder engines that you remember from the T5Rs and that we were racing for many years you have the V8 that you find in the S80 and the XC90 here uh, with a, an engine that we raced in the Australian championship in the V8 supercars championship for a couple of years uh, but the the 2 liter uh, VEA engine that you find in every new Volvo today that is one of the most solid, uh, mechanically solid engines in the market. Uh, we built it in so many different versions. We started racing with it in 2011 and it came into production 2014. So we've been with that engine since its birth really within Volvo. And we put a lap record with it on the Nürburgring with a 1.6 liter 530 30 horsepower version. Wow. And that's a lot from a four cylinder turbo. Yeah. Uh, so the, when it, when it arrives in the, and we won the world title with that engine. So, so when it sits in the P1800, it has the, it shares the same block and cylinder head, uh, as you would get if you, if you walk into a Volvo dealer today and buy the car. 
but obviously uh, a lot of the parts are bespoke in this engine. So cool. and and also talking about the when you when you see the engine, we try to make it you know break away all that plastic that you find on a new car, and we try to work in it, on it so you really see a sixteen valve uh, to to cam engine, uh, and it's a turbo. But visually, we've hidden the turbo quite quite down down under the under the headers just to to um, hide away a little bit. But that is also in the driving characteristics of the engine. Uh, so it's been mapped to actually have a very linear uh, torque and horsepower increase increasing uh, in in linear with the with the revs. So it doesn't have that turbo turbo boost. As you have on a modern engine, it, it, you really have to work the engine. But at seven thousand seven hundred, your your smile is just <laughs> super yeah. big. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. And, and when you go to what you've wrapped this power plant with, you got a, a steel chassis but carbon fiber body. So this thing is light. I think twenty one hundred eighty pounds. Holy cow! Yeah, that's correct. And for a Swede, it's one, under 1,000 kilos. So it's 990. That's very important. So 990 kilos or, uh, and 420 horsepower, that moves. And it's a little bit lighter than the car was from the factory. Uh, the car was, came from factory a little bit one, over 1,000 kilos. Yeah, so we, we use uh, some of the original steel in the car, but we reinforce that. We triangulate the weak spots in, in the chassis. Uh, there's a lot of new, more modern uh, kind of steel in it, um, so that's that's so sort of the create a higher rigidity uh, of, of the chassis. And then we put with a high precision method, um, like a few big, large uh, parts of carbon fiber to to join that together with the steel chassis, creating a very structurally rigid platform for for the engine and for the suspension. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, the suspension, speaking of, of which, fully adjustable independent suspension, right? Yeah. So it's double wishbones uh, front and rear. It's a li- uh, Originally, the car has a live axle. It has a steering box. Uh, it's kind of crappy to drive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want to say that, maybe. But <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you think of cars from the 60s, you would want them to be really lovely to drive. But Sometimes they are a little bit underwhelming when you get behind the wheel. Yes. Uh, so, but what we've tried to do, and I think we've come quite far, that is to keep that feeling of the 60s, you know, that direct connection with the road, nothing that disturbs you bet- between you and the tires and, and, the, and the tarmac. So there is no ABS, there is no traction control. Uh, there is a little support uh, with, a, with a power steering actually just to be there to handle the bigger tires because modern tires today actually need some some power steering right but we try to take away everything that filters the driving the driving uh, direct connection to the road yeah so the car has fully independent adjustable suspension olin's shock absorbers with science own valving we've been working with olin's forever uh, but we do some of the internals ourselves uh, you can, you, there is adjustable anti-roll bars, uh, are adjustable. Brake balance is adjustable. Obviously the height of the car is adjustable. And this is to ensure that we can tune the car to each client's preferences. The car that we have here now is 
perfectly suits the canyon roads, you know, north of Malibu or Angeles Crest and these kind of roads. It's it's not the fastest version of the car. The car can be faster on different tires if you want to take it for a racetrack, but it can also be much more comfortable if you just want to have it to, you know, buy ice cream with. <laughs> ice cream, cars and coffee. And you've teamed up with some really cool people, Recaro, Pirelli, AP Racing. And the fact that these are hand-built in Sweden and anyone can order one of these any way they like, there's a lot of different unique options you're providing here for very unique driving experiences, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. I mean, the driving experience can be tuned in so many ways. We, we have a couple of different differentials. Uh, we can change the ratio of the steering and the input of the of the power um, power steering, obviously shock absorbers and the things I was talking about. But then you have all, everything else. You have the interior that is exactly the choice of the of the of the client and also paint. How you want to? I mean, one of the cars that we should bring here, but it was difficult. Is, is the California white version that we have, it's, um, have back in Sweden? Uh, Volvo had a color called California white. So obviously that one would suit the roads here. So it's up to the client really uh, to tune the car. If it's a cafe racer, if it's a grand tourer, that sort of all of that is doable within the concept. Well, it's it's marvelous, and I I love this this whole thing that's going on. As we mentioned earlier, I guess we could say it may be started by Rob Dickinson and Singer, but there's been some others that have done this. Has really exploded, bringing back so many cool cars, but. What consumers seem to want today is, and you mentioned it, when you you dream of owning an old car and you finally save up your money and you buy one and you get in, you drive it and you kind of go, yuck, (laughs) that wasn't that much fun. Uh, You guys are creating something that brings back that heritage, that flair, the design, but makes it fun and drivable. So I think it's really cool. Can people order cars now? Are you starting, you're producing cars for people now? Yeah, we are. Uh, we have five cars uh, in production, uh, yes. including the, the, the blue car that we have here in California. First, the uh, U.S. client will get a delivery in, uh, later in June. So that car is coming and that will be shown at the Quail later in August. Uh, we have a, a production time of between 12 and 15 months. Uh, and with the setup we have today, we can build one car. We can deliver one car per month. Wow. This is really cool. Well, you know, and that production time is pretty cool. Now, it used to be people would say 12 to 15 months, but go try to order a new car today. That's how long it takes, sometimes longer, uh, to get a car built because of supply (laughs) chain issues. So this is cool. We're going to take a short break. Thank our sponsors again. We come back. I want to learn a little bit more about you, Hans, and your passion for cars. So keep the seatbelts on, and we'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of Carnuba Wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website 
that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS YEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. CARS YEAH has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. So Hans, uh, let's talk about a big challenge here. Could be related to the car you guys are building, the P1800, or could be related to something in your career. This is what we call the challenge question, but the whole thing about this is what did it teach you to take forward in a positive way that was a wonderful learning lesson? Maybe not so fun at the time, though. So take it away. Okay. Yeah, where to start? (laughs) When you do things like the things that we do, they're always challenges, of course. And And I think... Within this, the project with the P1800, I think the most difficult thing was to actually sort of get the concept right. What is it that we want to build? In the end, we, we found out that um, we put a, a wording on it, sort of the 60s only perfected. You were talking about that previously. Driving a car from the 60s can be a bit underwhelming. So how do we produce a car that is, that is actually what you would want to drive if you think of the 60s, but not taking away all the good things of the 60s? So, yeah, there have been a lot of different decisions to dial that car in. But if you, if, I don't, I, it's, it's hard to sort of, I mean, we work with a lot of, the, the sign racing is a lot of engineers specializing in different areas. Uh, and to get all these people uh, together, uh, not working under one specific race regulations, regulation, but having everything open, every opportunity open. That means that you have to try a lot of different ways, really. So I'd say for this project, it has been to, to get it right. Uh, but I think we did. We managed. There has been a lot of blood, swearing, and tears. No, not so many tears, perhaps. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but in general, uh, I think um, I've been sort of responsible for the brand, even though we changed name. Uh, I've been responsible for the full star to Cyan brand for 12 years now. And... I think if there is something that I would sort of feel that I've made a couple of mistakes with and I could, I will try to avoid them in the rest of my life, that is sometimes to get an offer to cooperate with somebody to maybe get in a better position financially perhaps or otherwise. But if you have that sense that this is not, supporting the brand long, uh, long term 
just say no, just avoid it. And I've lended the brand to a couple of, of uh, manufacturers and that has been nightmares to get it right again. So yeah, uh, make your own decisions. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you made a really important comment there, and that is if it's not supporting the overall brand, just say no, because many things can divert us and distract our attention and move us on the wrong direction. And usually I think most of us know when we embark on something, is this really, even in life, you think about, okay, am I doing this? Is this good for my life moving forward? Or is this just a, a side road that's going to lead to some bad endings? And then I've got to go back to the main highway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Same, same thing. I love it. To be honest, to be yourself, to be correct in what you're doing, not trying to pretending something. And I think for me, it has been working with large manufacturers that have people all around the world. It's easy that they sort of tend to listen to what the outside say about your brand, but you need to stay with what really is the brand. So, you know, you have this old saying that, uh, don't tell me you're funny, make me laugh. And I think that's very important. <laughs> Yeah. Continue with what you're doing and let the let the world decide if it's okay or not. Absolutely. How many times have we seen major car manufacturers go way off brand and it ends up being a yep. disaster and then they end up having to come back around and boy, that takes a long time, a lot of money, a lot of aggravation and it destroys credibility with your consumers uh in a really bad way that can last forever. You don't want to talk about a special vehicle in your life because I assume you've been around a lot of cool cars. We talked about this P1800. That would be the obvious answer to this question. So let's not go there. Let's park that car for a moment. I want to go back in time and talk about a car that's been very special to you. So many. First car that comes to mind is my, actually my, my current rally car that I'm ra- rallying in the Swedish National Championship, uh, gravel rally. It's a it's a it's an old car. It's a BMW M3 from 1997. Wow, that's a car. When I grew up, I couldn't afford it. Uh, I wanted it, but uh, now I have it, and I can push it to the limits in the forests of Sweden. <laughs> so I think for me, that 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 is um, yeah. There are so many other cool cars all, all over the world, but a car that you really can drive as hard as you just dare. That's that 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 one is my dream car and I have it. You know, what's pretty cool about that, um, that's the E36 variant, right? Yeah, 3.2 liter, 340 horsepower-ish. Yeah. Rear-wheel drive, gravel rally, snow rally, you know. I had two of those cars, not rally cars, street cars, but I love those cars. In fact, that's the car that got me on the track with BMW Club driving days and then led me to vintage racing and I love that car. And now they've really become collectible type items. And so I'm sure some people listening out there are going, oh, my gosh, he's taking an E36 and racing it on gravel. How could he do that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's your that's your history. That's your heritage, right? To my defense, uh, this car was actually, when it was two years old in 99, it was transferred into a racing car. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't done that, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I haven't, I haven't paid, no. But, yeah. but yes, it's, it's, um, it's, it's never, it's the first time it saw snow, because when we talk about cars in Sweden, uh, an M3 for 97 should never have been on snow because it's a collectible car almost from the beginning. So we only drive them on summers. But this car, first time it saw snow was in, in a winter rally in northern Sweden in 2018. 
So yeah, so it, it, it's really, really nice. And we took it to the to the Arctic Circle for a rally in Finland this winter. Wow. 33 degrees Celsius below zero, which is, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's extremely cold. cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's very cold. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> I, I, my hat's off to you because I love the fact when people take these old cars and, and don't treat them so precious. I tend to treat my cars way too precious. And as a result, I don't push them a little harder and enjoy them as much. So you're a good inspiration for me, Hans. I appreciate that. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here and be a car psychologist. If you were reincarnated or manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Hans Bath be? But more importantly, why? I was thinking about this question because got it in advance and having been up and down the canyon roads uh, around Malibu uh, for the last week with, with the number of really in, in, in inspiring drivers, motor journalists from this, from the West coast. It sounds like advertising, but as the, as the paid in hundred behaves on those roads, the confidence gives the driver, the, the sort of willingness in the engine, the smile it, it, it creates in the face when the rev limiter, when the revs go up above 7,000. I mean, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's lightweight. It's it's uh, not a lot of you know complicated uh, filtering systems that 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 can make anyone a good driver. It's it's uh, it's actually I think it's the Peyton hundred that that reflects me the most. It's an honest car and you can push it very hard, but it's not overwhelming. I'd like to be the Peyton hundred. <laughs> nice. You know I'm born I'm born in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. And the car is born in the city. It's a little bit older than me, but um, we have this sort of, we came in up with this slogan, if you want, the 60s, only perfected. So I would like to be that page in <laughs> I like that. You know, the 60s, only perfected. Uh, you know, that fits a lot of what's going on with a lot of these cars. I love it. Yeah, the 60s were an interesting time. Uh, I was a little boy, but certainly I was noticing at that point in my life cars, building models. I lived in Southern California, so I was surrounded by a lot of friends whose dad had, gosh, I remember a friend of mine's dad got a, a Mura uh. and uh, another one got a Countach. And I mean, these guys were, you said these cars, you know, the first 911s when they came out. I remember a friend's dad got the first 911. And uh, yeah, it was a really wonderful time. On top of all the hot rods, of course, U.S hot rods and muscle cars and all that. Very cool. Well, I like that answer. Nice job. So how about a great book that you'd like to share with our listeners? Is there a, a book you've uh, enjoyed a lot or learned a lot from? Yeah, I'm an, I'm, <laughs> I'm an um, academic, so I've uh, been reading way too much. Um, actually, if you, <clears throat> if you want to reflect on the, on, the, on the development within the car industry, I think I, unfortunately, I don't have the name of the author or the title, but, but the books I bought written by uh, college professors in, in motor journalism at, at universities mm -hmm. here in the U.S. in the 60s, yeah. uh, in the 70s, including that era with the, with the rotary engine, uh, discussing, you know, the, the anti-smog things that came in, you know, that made the V8s here work Lousy in the yeah. beginning of the seventies, yeah. uh, and uh, and why that happened. Them talking about it is obvious that we will drive electrical vehicles 
in the cities and and um, and um, and uh, yeah, other engines on the open road. It was clear in the 70s for them, uh, and I think we're we're getting there now. So yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the title, but I think if you go back in time and, and actually see, because I think we are in the in the transformation age right now for many reasons. Oh yes, but this has been ongoing an ongoing process for so many years. So. Yeah, I think that's studying that kind of literature from that time. It's very thoughtful. So this begs a question, looking into the future, the crystal ball, will we see the Volvo 1800 Cyan as an EV? If I got $1 for each time I got that question, <laughs> I would be rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, uh, but it, it's a pretty obvious question, given this this renaissance that the industry is going through right now. So, I mean, I've seen them done a few, uh, remember back in 2018, I think Jaguar was at the quail with a XKE that was electric. And I've had lots of people on the show that are developing battery technology, EVs of all sorts of kinds. So I'm going to answer that question for you. I think so. Yeah. I'm actually, when we're sitting here, if the P1800 gets electric or not, I'm not sure. It, it can absolutely happen. Um, uh, and what's going on back home in Sweden is interesting as well. When we sold Polestar to Volvo, I, I left the company for a couple of years. Uh, I was heading the Swedish Touring Car Championship for a while, and I joined Cupra, which is a Volkswagen Group brand. And we together developed an electric version of the race car that we raced in the series. Uh, and within, I think, two days from now, and I don't, yeah, it's going to be after when this podcast is published. STCC has um, has launched that in 2023, STCC will be the first national uh, electric racing uh, series in the world. And that is not boring cars, that's 550 horsepower rear-wheel drive cars. So, and I, I see this transformation going on. It's, it's obvious when you're here in the, in the, in LA uh, queuing. Yeah. 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 A lot of that on the freeways there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 uh, so obviously there will be a future for electric cars and other, other non-fossil fuel, uh, uh, transportation, but Christian Koenigsegg, another very interesting Swede, 10 years ago, he, I, I was listening to him and he said that, um, he had bought the first Tesla, the first uh, S model in Sweden, one of the first, and he compared that to his M5, V10 M5, and he said that the Tesla is better in everything. <laughs> Ouch, uh, yeah. So for, <laughs> yeah, so for him, it was obvious that this is the way he's going to commute in the, in the future. But he also said that his flame-throwing <laughs> Koenigsegg cars would have a role in the society. Uh, and he compared with the, with the, with the analog watches that we saw in the 80s when the digital uh, clock came, yeah. came uh-huh. uh, that there will be no there will be no need for for uh, you know the Swiss mechanical watches. But today they are on your arm as as a piece of you know something to enjoy. Yes, and that's going to be exactly the same thing with our V8s, our straight sixes, uh, turbo force. If we fuel them with oil or whatever, it doesn't matter. But but sort of it's like with the horses. Yes. Before they were before the wagon, now they're in the wagon. And I think we're going to enjoy our fossil fuel engines or, or uh, I think you're right. combustion engines yeah. forever, forever. So 
but obviously uh, if we want to be relevant in in the in the in the future we need to understand that we need to make really really cool racing also with electrical vehicles otherwise we, the manufacturers will not see us as relevant so i think you're right yeah so i'm going to enable you to go on what i call the ultimate Ride. I'm going to provide you with any vehicle in the world that you'd like, Hans. You can be driving anywhere you'd like, and you could be with anybody you'd like, including somebody who perhaps has passed. What does the ultimate drive look like for you? That'll be the super sweet Ronnie Peterson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the greatest name. There are many other great names. You have Marcus Ericsson that, that, that won the Indy 500 a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, that's cool. But Ronnie Peterson was the great guy when I when I grew up. Uh, passed away uh, September 11, 1978, uh, at Monza in mm. the Lotus. Yeah, he was Mister Oversteer. Mm. He was treating <laughs> cars like nobody else, and I would like to go with him uh, in a Volvo 240 as we rally them in Sweden today. 300 horsepower. Uh, very well sorted suspension. It sounds crazy if you're here, you can't rally a 240, but that's what we do. 240s and 740s. I do the M3 just because I don't know why, but <laughs> it should be a Volvo, but, but that's how we do it. So then we have the question about the road. Yeah. But I think it should be perhaps here, perhaps one of those canyon roads with Ronnie Peterson in a 240. I like that. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. You've taken us on a super fun ride, and, and I really, really appreciate you taking time out of a super busy schedule as you've brought this beautiful car here to the West Coast, uh, Los Angeles area, presenting it to press and taking it out and enjoying it. I cannot wait to see it when I'm on the lawn at the Quail this summer. Before I let you go, though, and by the way, are you going to be at the Quail with the car? Will you be there? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, cool. Together with uh, some of my colleagues and engineers and well, yeah, good. we want to be there. Okay. Well, good. Well, I will be there, too, so we'll get to uh, uh, say hello again. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some final words of inspiration or wisdom with our listeners? I think that John F. Kennedy some, said something once that I you think, try to think of every day, and that is that things do not happen. They are made to happen by guys like you and me. <laughs> the world is, is not consistent. The world is, you can you can. You can make things happen, yes, but you've got to wait for them to happen. Ah, I love it. Perfect. I'm going to add to that that great quote you told us earlier. The 60s only perfected Cyan and their P1800. Yeah, these guys are perfecting the 60s. How can people learn more about this wonderful vehicle? Just to log on to cyancars.com or uh, follow us at cyancarsofficial at Instagram. Absolutely. I'll put links to all those on Hans' show notes page. I want to do a big shout out to uh, Greg Emerson at ID Agency for getting Hans and I together today. Greg's great. He's brought me some wonderful guests. So, Greg, hats off to you. Hans, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for, mostly for you and your team to bring this spectacular car. It's got a big, big smile on my face. Until you and I talk again, I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I'll see you at the quail. See you at the quail, Mark, and thank you so much for having me. It was really fun to talk to you, and uh, yeah, let's see what the future brings, or what we bring to the future. What we, yeah, there you go. Nicely said. Absolutely, this was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!